At least I thought I was gonna. Sends it to all two of my non-D&D friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, literally, like, every time we go live, I'm just like, Hey, come listen to me play D&D with my friends. Yeah, usually Flux immediately posts it in our other group and get, uh, gets a bunch of them coming over. Alright, so I'm trying to load it on my phone. It's not loading for me, it's so stream loading for anyone else. It is playing for me. Perfect. It's playing anyway. for me. Alright, just so you know, my phone's not super loading it well right now, so if there's something in chat that needs attention, um, I might not see it super fast, so um, there's that. Anyway, hello! <laughs> Hello, long-lost friends who haven't heard us live for quite a while now. Um, we had some tech issues, but it, from what I can tell, they've been resolved. Um, so, back to my uh, little shtick here. Good evening, everyone. My name is Avery, and I will be your lead idiot. I mean, your dungeon master for tonight. I use they, he pronouns, and before we jump into today's session, I'm just going to have everyone go around and say their out-of-character name, and then say their in-character name and then their in-character pronouns. So, let me open the Discord call real quick. Uh, Alicia, do you want to introduce yourself real quick? Sure, I'll go first. My name's Alicia. I'll be playing Callie, and she uses she, her pronouns. Alrighty, Caleb. Hi, my name is Caleb. I use they, them pronouns. I'll be playing Ferenz, who uses he and they pronouns. Flux? Hi, I'm Flux. I go. I am uh, he, she, or they pronouns. I play as Kofia. And then we'll come back. Oh, Hale. <laughs> Hi, I'm Hale. Uh, I play Basil, and Basil uses he/him pronouns. And then, last but not least, Stormy. My name is Stormy. I use he/him pronouns. Uh, and I'm playing Finn, who also uses he/him pronouns. And we have a. Uh, a robot friend, apparently. Yeah, anyone else hearing that? Yeah. Caleb, your mic is buzzing. Oh, I'm sorry. You're good. You're good. And then, uh... um, Corey plays Lim. Um, we're hearing Corey might be coming late, but they might not be able to make it. We're just waiting back to see. Um, so there's our little intros there. Um, uh, like I mentioned earlier, we couldn't do episode two live due to tech issues. We're working on getting the transcription done. Once the transcription's done, it will be available on YouTube. Even more exciting announcements I'd like to share is that episode one, Questions and Origins, is now available on YouTube, Spotify, and Anchor FM. So whichever way you like to listen slash watch, episode one is now up for grabs. Um, next on our little agenda here, we have our episode recap and disclaimers. So as you've likely noticed, when you click on this channel, it has the mature filter on. This means that both streamers and viewers should be over 18. If not, we kindly ask you to leave. Second, D&D involves a lot of improv acting, and while I can foresee some triggers and warn you of them, I can't warn you of all of them in real time. Um, some common triggers that come up in this podcast are blood and injury, violence and combat, swearing, moderate amounts of potty humor, mind control, amnesia, portrayal, and backstabbing. Any additional triggers that I've noticed will be put in the description of the YouTube uh, video version of this episode. We are starting this episode at 9.30 tonight. It's going to end at midnight, usually around halfway through, like 11 or so. We'll have a five-minute break because um, we all need to get, you know, go to the bathroom, drink water, that sort of stuff. 
And that's our little uh, disclaimers to start with. And then for a little session recap, um, we're going to be, we, like usual, picking up a lot from last session. Last session was episode two, All Aboard the Dracoa Express. Um, the party had met many new NPCs, such as the rabbit folk triplets known as the Newberry siblings, who worked at the train station, hugged the War Force train attendant, and a group of quote-unquote train thieves, led by Taylor, a half-elf who claims Haven Enterprises, the same company that made the very train the party was riding, killed their parents. Taylor is also Henry, um, one of the shopkeepers from Episode 1's sibling. And then, according to Taylor, they made a plan with Farron to have the train be nearly empty so they could safely steal and destroy the train to exact their revenge against Haven Enterprises. The train, much to their horror, um, ended up containing the parties, the train staff, and a goblin family. Um, having destroyed the tracks, it now seems the only way the party and passengers of the train can continue their way to the Draco Republic is to ride on horseback um, along the... The sa with the help of the Sari, well, if I can talk tonight, the only way they can continue to go to the Dracoa Republic is to ride on horseback, utilizing the help of the very train thieves that got them in this situation in the first place. Mm. And last session, since Caleb couldn't make it, I ha just had it where, um, I just had it where Friends was like basically just knocked out the whole time, so. Understandably, we're going to start with uh, Dear Friends first. So, um... So, Friends, what happened last time... I think your mic's still buzzing a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's still buzzing. Alright. Hello? Yes, that's a lot better. Oh. Okay. Okay. So, friends, last time, um, what happened is you got just to the border, and you noticed some, like, weird, um, figures on horseback near the train. You were in the middle of walking down the aisle when you noticed the figures and a loud boom, like, the tracks had been blown out, and that's what happened. The, the tracks in front of you had been blown out. Um, because you were walking while this was happening, when the train came to uh, an abrupt stop, you fell and hit your head on a seat. And you've been knocked out the whole time uh, talking and fighting has been happening. So you wake up. Um, I'm going to say your party members were nice enough to like put you up in a chair and not just leave you on the floor. But you, um, you wake up and um, the weird figures you saw outside are now inside. But everything seems more or less fine. Like they're just people are talking with each other. And you really just... Are like what the heck happened and i'm gonna leave it to you to decide who you want to talk to to be like why what happened while i passed out <laughs> all right uh so first i wake up in like a cold sweat um and i just start looking around panic and i'm like lim lim kokia callie ben uh any oh Okay, everybody's here. Everybody alive? Yeah, we're all alive. Yeah, okay. we're okay. I feel alive. Uh, all right. <laughs> I don't feel alive, but I am somehow. Me and the rat are good. 
Yeah, look at the rat. Look, yeah. dress her in an outfit now. Cause I, I am not looking at the rat. Um, oh, come on, look, but he's so taken. cute though. Uh, the issue was, uh, it turns out he's a human and he was naked, so we had to put him in a onesie. Basil just tries to like whisper that, so like only the party hears it. Rat, so are you carrying around? Okay. <laughs> First, how old is this human that you, this naked human you've been carrying around? Well, actually, he might, I'm not sure, you know, he's humanoid. Um, age, okay, but, we don't yeah. really know. I just know he's not a god. He said that. Okay. He said, he said that to me. And um, uh, that's it. That's all we found out. Are you, he's he's not a child, right? Like I, That's a good question. Can I? Well, well. So last time we we figured this out because um, I just heard to the warforger who's currently recovering um, on the other side of the train. Um, hug got a little bit of freaky deaky mind control thing happened. She became a like conduit for the Raven Queen, so that was really freaky. And then I, I hit her, and then I healed her, but. I think she's okay now. We we talked about the Raven Queen stuff. Um, she, she said something about a Theodore, who was a tall elf, and no one's seen him for a while. So my guess is that he is a adult, but or a very tall child. What? Well, yeah. You just you understand how I can be a little concerned that there are naked men. <laughs> Wanting to travel with you as small animals, you understand? Like, as a father figure, that's a little concerning to me. All right, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna use this situation to fully deflect from what I was about to say earlier. So don't even ask. Me. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't remember who did the Arcana check, but someone did an Arcana check last time, and they found out that he is cursed to be a rat. He didn't choose to be a rat. Oh, it was I me and uh. Me and Lim, I think. Like he's stuck like this. Basil starts like quietly, qui quietly crying at like Caleb caring about him, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, thank you, but uh, yeah." And then I repeat, like he's stuck and he's cursed. All right, I just look. Sometimes we get ourselves in situations that we don't always feel comfortable with because we're trying to help other people. And it's okay to say no to things, but it sounds like this is a situation you're comfortable with, so I'm going to support you through it, okay? Yes, I'm comfortable now that he has clothes on. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, uh, uh, the train, you know, you bumped your head, and, like, the tracks... Yeah, a lot of stuff happened besides the naked rat. Um, just so you know. All right. Good news but is really, you're safe. Really quickly, before that, everybody's here, right? All right. If my ex-wife asks, I was hit in the back of the head by one of the robbers. They snuck their way onto the train, and I was hit in the back of the head. Because if, if my ex-wife hears about that... All of all of the guys at the hardware store are gonna laugh at me, and 
I I have a little shred of dignity left to uphold. I mean, that is what happened, friends. See, <laughs> Callie. Technically, the robbers didn't. They are the reason you got hit in the head, so that is technically true. But yes, I, I will cover for you. Speaking of. We get to meet your ex wife. Yeah, are we meeting your ex wife? Is that a thing that's happening? I am. Look, I don't believe in men. I don't follow many of the gods of this land, but something tells me at some point in my storyline, you're going to be able to meet my ex wife. We have a mom? No, no, she is not your mom. Don't let her tell you that. (laughs) Okay. Okay. What? Kokia? Wait, hold on. We might have a mom. All right. So, speaking of these train robbers, did you all finish the job or. Well, I was. uh... Oh, you go ahead, Basil. I was gonna, you know, like knives were out and it was about to go down because there was a fresh baby here. We don't do shit in front fresh of fresh baby. babies. A fresh baby. Yeah. If you look yeah, over there, baby. there's a baby. They're heading out, you know, to get on horseback, but that's baby. It's not a pillow. It's baby. Uh, <laughs> knives were out and, you know, the everybody else came in and the knives went away and then suddenly uh-huh. our enemies were our friends. And uh, Hug got possessed by a bird queen and um, started, you know, trying to kill us, I'm presuming. And then um, Hug got depossessed by the bird queen. I don't know. Maybe they needed to go, like, build a nest somewhere. Um, And uh, now we're here. Lim. All right. I think the traveler worked through Lim. Because they went up and they, like did a thing and, like, put their hand on Hug's forehead and then was, like, she got depossessed. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know if that's good or not. It was good for the train. So, but it it seems Lim took a little bit of, uh, got hurt in the process. Yeah, like, it was so powerful that, um, it was really powerful magic that was, like, above Lim's capabilities, and that's why he got hurt because it wasn't something that he should have been able to do, but he was temporarily able to do it with the help of. Um, he never told you who, but Finn's guess is pretty good, I'd say. All right, so he's taking I mean, if, a little yeah. nap. Now, the the people that were robbing us. First, you can tell me a little bit about them, and then you let me know where they are. Well, we're not fighting them. Because, well, we were. And then, turns out, the leader, well, the leader of them is named Taylor. And Taylor turned to us and went, well, was it, I don't remember what family member got killed. It's been a hot Mm -hmm. second. I think it was her parents. She's, um, Henry's sister. Yeah, Henry's sister. Henry's sister, okay. Oh, Taylor's they, them. Oh, sorry. Cool, so they were yeah, their parents got killed by Haven Enterprises. So that's... And... Oh, yeah, and... They made a deal with Farton to, like, have this train be, like, basically empty so that no one would get hurt. And then we had to get on, and then also this family had to get on, so... Something Boy, went Farton. wrong. Yeah, the gassy right. thing. 
Yeah. The right, changeling questions. who keeps being shady. Alright, question number two. Where is this tailor? Well, they're I in think, the... Sorry, in this car. And also, I did something super cool to their guns so they don't have a gun anymore. <laughs> so you know? cool. Yeah, that's pretty did, cool. What did you do to their gun, Basil? I broke it. <laughs> Is Stevie get a picture of that? Oh yeah, just I don't know. Uh, just as uh, <laughs> turn just to as Steven. You, just as you say that, you see uh, Stephen uh, pops out a little picture out of the Polaroid shot, and you see um, like a bolt of magical energy hit the gun, and then there's another photo, and then it like sparks and looks like it explodes, and then there's another picture showing. Uh, Taylor looking like they're about to cuss and then the gun's on the ground. Like, like the gun was heated up so it was like they had to drop it because their hand was burning from holding it. Hello, Basil. I gotta say, not only am I proud of the level of magic you're doing right here, but I'm really proud of your control of it. And this type of stuff can be real dangerous, but you're showing that you're doing a good job of Directing it to where it needs to be. Keep that Thank up, alright? Thank you so much. There was just... I also have dad instincts and the the baby and... Of course. Uh, and Basil just weeps into his hands. <laughs> oh. I wordlessly hand Basil like a <laughs> handkerchief. <laughs> just like here. Everybody carries handkerchiefs <laughs> now. <laughs> you, you did it, you're okay. Thanks, buddy. You did so good. Uh, thank you. Yeah, All right. you, you did it. You say this Taylor's on the other train car? Yeah, they should be. Next one over. All right. mm. I'm gonna go have a quick talk with them, if that's okay with y'all. Okay, yeah. Like, by yourself? No, I'm with if you want. I'll just ask that y'all be quiet for just a moment. Let me work my little bit of magic. I know I don't have the ability to... Magic, magic, like y'all, but you know. They are, just so you know, they are planning to get us where we need to go. Of course. Uh, yeah. All right, perfect. All right. So, so I want to walk in. I want to walk in first to that train car. Um, and as I open the door, I like. I want to exude the confidence of a barbarian that's just leveled up, like <laughs> just like. Very like coming in very muscular, like my uh, my weapon like very visible, um, mustache extra pointy, um, and just all right. Which one of you is Taylor? Yeah. Jesus. So um, let me get my notes open real quick because I have notes. I actually did last time I didn't have descriptions ready. This time I do. So um, you walk in and the first person you run across is someone that you actually almost trip over. Um, there's like a three foot tall goblin. Um, their coat's like tied around their waist because it's hot inside the train. Um, they they let out like an eek as they realize that you're there. And then see, they then they look up and then see how tall you are. Then they eek again and then they just go, Oh, are you with those, uh, you're with the, you're with the train folks. I don't know if y'all have a name, but the, the people that we almost fought, you're with them. Mr. Mr. 
Just to be honest, you're terrifying. Is it okay if I call you Mr. Terrifying? I think it fits. <laughs> oh. Um, let me ask you my question first. Are you Taylor? God, no, and I'm so glad I'm not. Alright, which one of you is Taylor? Is there a problem? Because I thought we weren't fighting anymore. I don't ask questions three times. I would suggest that this Taylor identify themselves. So just as you say that, um, a little bit further down the train, um, you hear a conversation uh, just end as um, a, a dark purple tiefling walks away and she walks toward the goblin family that your group mentioned earlier. Um, and you can, from, from this distance, you can like hear a little bit what she's saying. It sounds like um, they've got some folks that are gonna bring some extra like layers to keep them warm and then they're gonna be the ones um, given a ride to town first, like she's handling that. Um, she she has an air of confidence about her where, like, no offense to Pocket, you think she's probably higher up on the train thief food chain, like she's probably one of the higher up people. Um, that being said, you do know that, um, you do know Taylor's pronouns, and you hear her referred to as she, so you know she's not Taylor. She's also a tiefling, and you, you were, Taylor's a, a half-elf, so you know she's not them. Um, and then the other person that was in the conversation um, is, in fact, uh, Taylor. And Taylor, who um, was kind of engrossed in their previous conversation, didn't really notice what you were saying until um, Pocket kind of started to look like they were going to like explode out of fear. And so Taylor goes, Pocket, what are you doing? And Pocket goes, trying to protect you? And Taylor just, um, they sigh and they go, uh, thank you, thank you, buddy, but, um, I think it's best if we just do what the, the tall guy says, okay? And Pocket goes, okay, and yeah. scurries off and, um, with Pocket out of accidental tripping over uh, range, you are left with Taylor. Uh, Taylor is um, a Native American uh, two-spirit half-elf. They are uh, Henry's sibling. They are the older sibling. They've got their hair and like um, braided pigtails. Most of the thieves have um, winter gear on, even though they're in the train. So like Taylor's got a light blue jacket on. Um, they don't have their hat on right now, but you can see like they've got like their hat and gloves attached to their belt. Um, one of their hands you can see is wrapped and that's the one that um, got burned with the whole gun incident earlier. Uh, the gun is gone and taken care of. It's not an issue anymore. Um, you do see that Taylor does have some other weapons on them, which, which tracks because um, they are they are a fighter. I'll just tell you that right now. That's their class. So they've got um, I don't have their shoot open, but they got stuff like knives and that sort of thing. But um, they they have to like do a little switch with their hands because they were kind of shot not shot. They had the whole gun incident thing with their dominant hand, so they have to go in with their left, and they just offer it to shake and just go. Um, well, you know who I am now, and 
can I know your name? And they just have their left hand extended out for you waiting to see how you respond. I look down, I look down at them because they're, I guess they are sitting, uh, they're sitting down, correct? Um, they are not sitting down, but they are definitely shorter than you. All right, then I look down at them and I say, my name is Ferenc. I am like a father figure to all of these wonderful people. Um, except for the goblins over there, I don't know them yet. But these are all my children that were on this train that you attacked. You did not get to see me fight because you hit the train in just the right way that... I took enough damage and fell backwards. Now, I want you to look me in the eyes and answer this question. And I want to pause to gauge how terrified they are. Why don't you, why don't you roll, um, what check do I want to have you do? Hmm. I'm going to have you roll... Um, a check. Where is my D&D Beyond tab? So the intimidation? Yeah, I'm going to say probably intimidation with advantage right now. Okay. Uh, 19. Um, so Taylor is the kind of person where, um, between what happened to their parents and their newfound profession, you can tell that they've been through a lot. So, like, they don't do a lot. There's not a lot of visible signs, but you do see, like, their hands on their belt are, like, shaking slightly. Like, they're grabbing their belt to try to hide the fact their hands are shaking. And they are having, they are kind of, um... Actually, not just their hands, like, their whole body's shaking a little bit, but, like, they don't say anything. But there is, like, subtle signs there that they're, they are scared of you right now. One question is, do you do hugs? And as soon as you say that, um, they let out this, like, most surprised, like, confused laugh. And they just go, I'm sorry. The last time somebody walked up to me and said, let me ask you one question. They tried to cut my head off, so I just want to make sure that you are asking the question you, I think I just heard, because you sound like you're not going to try to kill me unless hug is a code word for trying to kill me. Oh, you, uh, for you to do what you did, you must have been through a lot. And I think that there's probably some level of unpacking that's going to need to happen before before you can repent for the harm that you've caused and the fear you've caused in people. But I think that that healing process needs to begin with some level of comfort. And I give comfort through hugs. So if you're comfortable with that, I'd like to give you a hug now. And um, there's like a pause as they think and their their voice starts to crack as they go um, yeah, I, I take a hug. To be honest, I haven't gotten one since, uh, since the, the thing with my parents. And they, their voice is shaking. They're not crying. 
Um, but they sound like they're close to crying. I I wrap them in a hug and I say, "Now, I know that you miss your parents, and what happened to them was very wrong. And I know your parents are very proud of you. This isn't the way. All right." And they just, they, they, um, they mutter, like, a really quiet, okay, and just, like, hug you tighter, um, for a second. And it's after they tighten their hold on you that they go, you know, I didn't think it wasn't, I didn't think it was going to come to this. I tried, I did try other things first. I tried, you know, I tried, I tried suing them. I tried, I tried doing my own investigation, I tried hiring detectives, but no one believed me because they, they just kept saying, well, Haven Enterprises has the most foolproof testing processes, and I, what I want to know is if they're testing so foolproof, how come my, how come my parents, and not just my parents, there was more, more than just my parents on that train that day, how come all those people are dead if that train was supposedly tested as much as it should? That, that train didn't just crash. Mr. Mr. Ferenz, that train exploded. Trains don't explode on accident. I should know, because I've been blowing up tra tracks and then stealing the very same trains and blowing them up to get revenge. Like, that doesn't just happen with a little tiny mistake. Someone, someone didn't just put them in harm's way. Someone murdered them, Mr. Ferenz. And no one, no one That's believes me. I believe you. And it sounds like you've been through a lot. It sounds like you've been doing a lot to honor your parents' memory. But what have you been doing to promote your own healing? And they just go, well, besides doing this, which... Normally it goes smoother than this, but I guess, I guess my luck was bound around sometimes. Um, I don't know if your pals and the the other car have told you yet, but we're actually part of the Remembrance Guild too. Um, I would have felt bad even if you folks weren't trying to join the guild, but um, definitely feels like a weird coincidence now that this happened. Um, I know, uh, I know you're trying to meet with someone in the Dakota Republic or whatever, I, we can help get you there. It's the least we can do. And I've been working with the hey, guild. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not talking about us. And I'm not talking about where we're going. What I asked was, what steps are you taking right now for you? So here's the thing. Personal tragedies happen all the time, right? And that moment when your parents were taken from you probably felt like the lowest point in your life, right? Yeah, for sure. So what are you doing right now that is helping you heal from that? Well, 
I don't know if you consider this method uh, the right one or not. I don't know if there's any really right way to recover from something like that, but um, joining the Remembrance Guild has helped me a lot. I, that's where I've met my friends, my friends there, and um, saving gods turns out is not that isn't that much different from trying to save people. Um, I couldn't control, you know, my parents' death, uh, but the whole god thing, they, they, the Gimmers go, they have a whole list of gods that are on the verge of dying, and some of them, to be honest, for what they've done, deserve to die, and others don't, and I was, not, not all these gods are ones that I personally worship or know, you know, but, um, I've met a couple, and I can honestly say there's quite a few that don't deserve to die, and, uh, from what I gather, um, one of your friends here knows of one that doesn't really deserve to die either. Not saying that everyone should stop what they're doing and commit their lives to this, but um, it certainly helped me, son. I've met some great people along the way, and um, so I guess we all just meet our found family in our own way, because it sounds like seems like you've got one too. Well. I'm glad that you have a new family. Here's what I want to say. I think part of, I may be overstepping here, so if I, if you want me to stop talking at any point, you tell me, hey, you make me a little uncomfortable, and I will step back. But I think that in order for you to start healing from what has happened, you're going to need to find somebody you can talk to about what happened, you know? Not in a, this is the political ramifications and this is how the train doesn't malfunction and things like that, but start talking about the emotional impact on you, you know? Start talking about how all of these things and the way that they took your parents and the way they refused to acknowledge it, how that affected you. Now, I, I don't think I could be that person forever, right? But I think you should need to find a person for that if you haven't found one already. And I'm willing to be that person until we get to where we need to go. All right? Thank you, Mr. Friends. I think I need to hear that today. And hey, even though I don't think you made the right decision, I'm proud of you for making the decision. Sometimes when this happens, we can let the whole thing consume us. And I'm proud of you for getting out of that phase, moving on to one where you could take Take action. That shows a lot of personal strength. All right? Well, you know, might not want to feel too proud yet because you don't know what my job in the guild is. And while I won't be blowing up trains anytime soon, I do have to do things that get attention off from places we don't want attention. So, unfortunately, you might see some wanted posters soon, but I don't plan to do the train thing <laughs> anymore. Hey. Laws are 
Well, I'm. I don't really. If I don't really judge you, if you have a wanted poster, in truth, fuck the police. You know. That is true. You know, your group's very lucky to have such a cool father figure. I'm lucky to have all of them. They are the ones that make me a good enough person where I could have this conversation with you. Now, I need to go and check on Lim. Uh... So they've still been passed out for a little while. So I'm going to take my leave of you. But sounds like we're walk we're going through the snow a little bit today. So why don't, after we set up campfire, why don't you take first, sh ter first watch shift with me? Why don't we, uh, why don't you just talk to me for a little bit? All right, let's plan on it. And with that, um, Taylor squeezes in one last hug and then um, turns back around and then... Uh, when they turn back around, he hears him say, Pocket, didn't you just watch this happen? They're not gonna, he's, they're not gonna hurt you, okay? And Pocket's still, like, sniveling in the corner, and Taylor goes, oh, just come here, and, um, Pocket, uh, hurries closer, and once Pocket's closer, they, they, uh, scoot down to their level and give them a hug to make them feel better, because they were still kind of nervous around you. Um, and that wraps up that interaction. I'm assuming you're going back to the other car. But before that, I'm I am I'm also gonna I'm gonna sit on the floor, okay, make myself tight, and I'm gonna say, I'm sorry that I scared you. I just wanted to make sure that I was dealing with some honest people. It seems like you're an honest person too. Hey, I'd love to get to know you a little better too. Maybe not tonight, but maybe another night you and I could sit watch together. How does that sound? Pocky, like, nods and, like, wipes their nose on their arm, just goes, yeah, I like that idea. Just maybe don't do the same thing next time. Because the, la the last time someone stood next to me like that, they tried to drop kick me to the moon, which apparently is a is a lot harder than it looks, but it's still quite possible, because I could have swore they kicked me ha about halfway there before I fell. <laughs> well, they didn't have the right to do that. I'm sorry that happened to you. And I'm sorry I scared you a little bit. I'm gonna go check on my friend, though. If you need anything from me, don't feel free to come ask me, alright? Alright. And now I'm gonna walk back. Alright. So, um... So you go back, and Lim is also, was like, the group also had propped Lim up on a seat. Um, what is interesting about them is, actually, why don't you do an investigation or perception check? And at this point, if anyone else wanted to check on Lim or interact with friends, you could do that too. Perception or investigation? Yeah. Excellent. I have a plus zero to both. <laughs> I would like to... Uh kind of ask friends like do you need help like i don't know what i can do but do you do you want help or are you good you know i you'll have to forgive me i'm not mo i'm not the smartest man i'm not the most receptive one either but maybe, maybe i <laughs> maybe i can help you out though 
You're oh. feel like <laughs> Caleb, you're the smartest Caleb. and most perspective person. <laughs> I also no, no. have a plus zero to both. <laughs> it's okay, this is character building. Um <laughs> Okay. You might you might not feel like you're the most perceptive or the smartest, but and I believe in you. I know that you're capable of doing great things, so why don't I help you out? I appreciate it, but this was your idea. So I would like to assist you. Let people help right. you. That's what dads do, you know? They, they mm. ask their kids for help, so this is me. Giving you help. All right, hold the flashlight. Okay. <laughs> I cast. I I like. What do I take out of my inventory? I take something out of my inventory and I cast light on it and make a flashlight. <laughs> Despite the fact that it's fully lit in this <laughs> in the train car. All right. So. All right. There's sixteen. All right. Um. So. With the two of you working together, um, you kind of starting to pick up some things that happened. Uh, while Lim didn't tell you um, who they talked to or what happened, you do notice some odd stuff. So on the hand that they had cast the um, spell with, um, there is like a, it's like a, it's almost like a charred substance like on their skin right now, and this the charred substance as it like expands across like the inner arm um, from like wrist to elbow. Um, it does form the traveler symbol, which y'all remember as a sailboat. Like it does form that symbol, and then it continues down his um, his hand, and like and so his fingertips are charred. Um, there's no like signs of like burning or and any of those kind of injuries, so it is safe to say that with that kind of charring, minus like um, the, the you know the skin injury you'd expect of like fire, that was probably radiant energy that did that. Um, and with it being a traveler symbol, you you probably can assume it's some sort of traveler-related thing. You don't know exactly who or who, what, how, or why. Like, you don't know what exactly Lim did, but there is now that on their arm. Um, I remember there was a bunch of heels went around last time, so they are otherwise okay. They are just kind of, like, knocked out. It looked like they're just, like, recuperating otherwise from having cast... Um, a spell that most definitely wasn't a bard spell and was most definitely over their, like, uh, level. Um, and that's what you get with a 16. Um. Do I? It kind of happened very quickly. But is this similar enough to what happened to Hug? Oh, you think, um... It's like a corruption thing? Such a corruption as it is. Well, the way you described the corruption in Hug's case was that, like, she sort of got... Correct me if I'm completely misunderstanding this, but... The Raven Queen sort of worked through Hug. It basically kind of took control of her body. Is that what happened to... Or, I mean, I can make a check if I need to, but, like, yeah. I'm wondering, is that what happened to Lim as well? Yeah, so what's interesting about um, the Raven Queen thing, so what basically happened is Hug kind of, like, because she came to not question anything that Raven Gwyda just assumed that she was perfect and there was nothing wrong and, like, that she... Basically because Hug started to worship her without question, um, it, like, opened a metaphorical gateway of sorts for the Raven Queen to, like, interact with, like, her soul and mind more, and it was through that interaction where 
the Raven Queen forced her to share her alignment, um, like her morality alignment, and oh, that okay. shift in turn forced her to act completely different than how loyally she was. So she basically temporarily forced her um, to act with the Raven Queen's alignment instead of her own alignment on top of it. Um, her eyes were also black um, during that, so there might have been like an illusion trick sort of thing where she might have been tricked to injure people too. You don't really know because you um, didn't see through her eyes and you don't know much about it other than that. Um, and if you want to do like an arcana check for Lim, I can tell you what Lim's thing is. Just because that symbol, the, the resident uh, religion nerd, I'm like, well, yeah, but like, what what, what this? 16. So, um, I'm going to say that the whole idea of like corruption is one you've heard of before. You're not super familiar with how it, what corruption looks like from God to God. Um, mm. You do know that Lim really likes the Traveler and that they seem to be on good terms. Um, and with the Traveler having, um, with the Traveler being a god that's known to have, like, a chaotic good sort of alignment, you know that, um, not saying that being corrupted is a good thing, but if Lynn was corrupted by the Traveler, it would look a lot different than, um, hugs with the Raven Queen. That being said, um, with it only being on that one arm, you can probably assume that what happened is the, tra the Traveler did something to help both Lim, Hug, and like the rest of you resolve the issue with Hug. Um, and what's on their arm right now is just something that needs to heal from having basically channeled part of the Traveler's like magical energy through a mortal body which isn't really meant to handle it. Oh, okay. So not corrupted, just kind of like borrowed um, energies. Almost like if you um, amped up a, like, amped up like a device that wasn't meant to be amped up, like, you're gonna fry something in there. It's like, they're just a little fried and you gotcha. heal. Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. Cool, I was just, like, hold on. <laughs> Thinks it over. You're like, please okay. don't. <laughs> okay, cool. Alright, so let me see what else we have going on. Do, do, do. I'm still holding the flashlight, by the way. Okay. Uh, despite the fact that we're done, I'm just like, I'm just like, I'm just trying to be the like, because I feel bad that friends got knocked out, and our immediate reaction was like, oh, uh, we we gotta fight, put him in the bathroom. <laughs> so I'm just kind of like, just a little bit of residual guilt, I guess. All right. Actually, I do want to ask Forenza a question first. Yeah, go for and it. And then I'll... Hey, Forenz. Um, what you told Taylor about someone to talk to. Um, I know that you, you're kind of okay with us coming to talk to you about stuff, but I don't haven't really done that with you. Would it be okay if we, like, at some point, like, I have a thing that I gotta get off my chest, um, and you seem like- I don't know what's going on with your ex-wife, but like, if you need a distraction from your own problems, I've got problems, and if- is it okay if I unload them on you? Have you, uh... 
you ever been fishing in a canoe with a partner? Well, I haven't had a partner, so no. No, no, like not like a partner, partner, like a friend, or like oh. in a canoe. Well, I've never really been on the water, so no. So when you go, when you go fishing in a canoe, you have to get it, the canoe can't stay in the water, right? It'll damage the wood if it stays in the water for too long and there's always a good chance that the current will pull the canoe downstream and then you've lost your canoe. You need the canoe to go fishing in. And here's the thing. If you try to carry that canoe by just yourself and you try to go fishing in that canoe just by yourself, then you're going to struggle. You're probably going to be able to do it. I believe I believe in your ability to do that. But it's going to be a lot harder. Now, when two people are carrying the canoe, and two people go fishing in the canoe, that makes it a lot easier and a lot more manageable. And what I'm saying here in total is, anytime you need help carrying your canoe, I am always here to help. Whether that's the f literal canoe or figurative canoe, like your own bird. All right. Because you just should, there's one thing that you should know. Because I know you've probably felt this way, because most of y'all kids have felt this way. You are never a burden to me or anybody else in the group. Burdens are things that you are forced to carry. And none of us are for being forced to carry you. We are all here for you. So anytime you want to talk, come find me, okay? Okay. Finn has walled up at this point and takes his sleeve and just kind of wipes away the tears. He's like, okay. Uh, I mean, like, cool. That was really poetic. Um, I just meant, like, could we just, like, I know you're going to talk to Taylor, and that's that's really important. Um, I was just thinking, with all the, like, family and parent stuff, I might have some, I got a big canoe, and I need your help carrying it. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that later. Finn is just like, okay, we've brought up the thing, and now I want to desperately move on, but realizes there's nothing else for him to do, so he just goes, uh, yeah, um, I'll put, puts the, awkwardly puts the flashlight away and just kind of um, look, looks a little um, embarrassed. I think friends can probably tell that like Finn hasn't really had somebody that he can actually talk to before. Um, so this is sort of new for him. He's clearly accepted it, but he's still kind of uh, adjusting to like, oh, yeah, I can actually talk to you about this stuff. It's not just like an empty promise. Um, and Finn just kind of I don't know, like make sure limbs limb isn't sitting weird so that when he wakes up he's not like his neck doesn't hurt <laughs> yeah that's all i wanted to say all right anyone else have train related things they want to do if i did my train thing already 
Oh yeah, because yours was you was stealing the the plate like the made by Haven Enterprises plate last time, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I still kind of want my hot ginger ale. Oh yeah, hug. I would say <laughs> hug. Hug is tired, but um, she is walking now, and she does she does now finally get you your hot ginger ale. So now you have your uh, hot ginger ale. Fantastic. All right. So with that. This is awful. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so with that, um, um, Taylor does come into the car and, um, kind of just stands, I'm going to say they're going to stand, like, just, um, in front of the door here, so let me zoom out so I can move them. They, they're going to stand, um, just in front of the door of your car and they go, um, alrighty folks, so we've got a plan, um, we're going to, we're going to prioritize the, the goblin moms and their baby first. We've got some extra gear to help keep them warm, so we're going to have them ride in on horseback um, to the nearest town, which is actually pretty close, but it is pretty cold, so we're, we really want to have them go and get there as quick as possible. Um, I tried to, you know, I tried to message some, some more folks, see if we get more help. It looks like we're kind of running on a what who we have here, so we're going to have to wait for those folks to come back before we can rotate through um, and get you folks to the to where you need to go. There is there's a, there is exactly seven of us, so you will have to double up on a horse with somebody. Um, it is pretty cold, so, I mean, if you don't feel comfortable with that, you could always double up with each other. It doesn't have to be one of us, but it might help to be one of us because we have a lot of experience riding in the out in the snow and ice here. So um, we are just going to take a few hours rest here. Out of character, that means short rest. Um, and then we'll cycle through and get you where you need to go. Um, do any of y'all need anything? Not that I can give you much other than, uh, a promise to get you where you need to go. Thank uh, you. Yeah, uh, thank you. And, um, uh, uh, I would just, I would just like to say that, um, uh, while I do not regret uh, damaging your gun, I also don't generally like harming other people's belongings. So, uh, and Basil just like slaps like three gold in their hand and just like turns around and walks away. Oh, they reply with thanks, and to be honest, I kind of deserve that. And then they also too. Um leave the train car so uh, we're gonna fast forward a bit so a bunch of them leave to help get the goblins um, to where they need to go um, they come back um, the goblin family had family slightly closer than where you wanted to go which is why it was a short rest instead of a long rest you folks will have a long rest um, halfway through your travels because where you need to go is a bit further because it's um, out in like the woods near the ice caves there um, hmm. so, let me pull up my sheet, because I have a whole thing for this. So, um, like, like Taylor said, there is exactly seven of them, and you can either choose to ride with one of them, or you can ask some of them to double up, and so you can double up with people that you're, you know, are more familiar with, so I will also, I'm gonna copy and paste this so it's an in-character for you, but I'm also gonna say it out loud for the podcast of your options of who you could double up with, or who you could ask to switch out so you can double up with people in the party. So there's Taylor, um, the 
the ha uh, the half elf you all know that they um they're like the leader of the group. There's Blizzard, the dark purple tiefling. She's got like long antelope like horns that stick out of her hood. She's the co-leader. Um, there's River, who uses he/him pronouns. He's a light blue tiefling. He's got like the typical like ram horns. Um, there's Sydney, who's an Arctic triton, so he's like silverly, silver like white bluish colored. Um, there's Gale. Um, she's like basically the real life equivalent of African American. Um, she's got her hair tied into like um, Afro puffs, and she's got these really cute um, red earmuffs on. There's um, Penelope. Um, she's actually a centaur. Um, so if you were comfortable with it, you could actually ride on her back. If not, Pocket usually rides on her back. And then there's Pocket, who does also have his own horse. So you could, like, borrow their horse, or you could ride on Penelope's back. So those are the seven uh, choices. I also posted it in character. So um, it's forever whoever you want to go with. You could even you could um, also ask to double up with each other instead of going with one of them. I think Basil walks up to River and is like, "We're both tieflings named after nature-themed things," <laughs> and just high fives him and like is like, "Well, let's get on the horse." <laughs> and River just goes, "Yeah, we are, aren't we? You know, you know, basil is my favorite herb. You know." Does it feel weird to eat basil when your name's basil? Uh, I actually don't like the taste of basil, so I typically avoid it. Works out um, perfect I, then. It would have been much better if my name had been, like, um, salt or, uh, bread. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. How, do you like rivers? You know, oddly enough, for the longest time, I did not know how to swim. Huh. Are, I think we're- are we friends now? Well, I can never have too many friends, so I say yes. Okay. <laughs> Basil just like one tear as he makes a new friend. Plus one friend. <laughs> there's, there's a new person in your uh, top eight on my space. Alright. So that leaves Taylor, uh, Blizzard, Gale, Penelope, and Pocket left. You said Penelope's okay with people riding on her? Yeah. Who aren't in the... Yeah, she is. She's 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 a really tall Clydesdale centaur. She's basically, like, the buffest person you've ever fucking seen in your life. Like, she could probably bench press, bench press friends if she wanted to. Cool. Whoa. I am... Deeply intimidated by her in character, <laughs> so I will not. Um, <laughs> look, I'm I'm a skinny little asim. Well, not little. I'm a skinny beanpole of an asimar with a cade, and I'm just like, uh, cool. Hey, Taylor, <laughs> do you mind if I? Yeah, Taylor just goes. Yeah, sure thing. Um. Just apologies in advance for my steering. My hand, my my hand's still a little sore, and they motion to the hand that uh, the whole gun thing <laughs> happened. Oh, uh, could I? Do you mind if I try and? I have another use of healing light that I got from leveling up. Uh, would you mind if? I can help you with that. Oh yeah, I mean I don't want you to burn a spell slot or whatever it is you magic folk have oh. to do, but. No, it's okay. From look, from my experience, I haven't 
been doing a whole lot of healing, but I'll try anyway. So I get better by trying. Hey, three! <laughs> better than last time! Nice. I'm gonna say it's just enough for like, their hands back to normal now and they go. Now that's a really handy spell. It's too bad there wasn't uh, one that could make it rain bacon, because I really like bacon. I... I cast Minor Illusion. Can Minor Illusion do smells, or is that digitation? Hold on, let me check. Oh no, it has to be it. I create the sound of bacon sizzling. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do the smell as digitation. I keep forgetting I'm not my bard. Anyway. Taylor laughs and goes, Not what I expected, but more than I can do, so that's cool. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a cantrip. Uh... <laughs> Yeah. Alright, so Finn's with Taylor. That leaves uh, Blizzard, who's also a tiefling. Uh, so River and Blizzard are the only tieflings. So there's Blizzard, um, Sydney's the Arctic Trident, Gale's human, um, there's still the centaur and the goblin. Now we'll arrive with Penelope. Alright. She's got Snickerdoodle uh, hiding in her coat so that she stays warm. Perfect. Uh, I'm gonna say... I'm gonna say that um, Blizzard offers to um, take a limb to make sure, like, since they're passed out, they, they've, they've had to transport injured people before, like, they've experienced, like, they're gonna offer to take... Uh, she's gonna offer to take limb since... Uh, since he's passed out right now. So then for options left, you have Sydney, um, Gale, and Pocket. I'm gonna wrap with Pocket. Alright. So that's Kokia. And then, so friends, you can ride either with a human or you can ride with the Arctic Triton. Uh, I will, I will look at the both of them and ask if either of them have a preference. Um, they kind of, like, they're kind of surprised by that, because, like, it's, you know, it's a really polite thing to ask, and, uh, Sydney, the Arctic Triton, just goes, um, might actually be, uh, best for you to ride with, uh, with, uh, Gale there. My whole, the whole Arctic Triton thing, my body heat situation's a bit different than yours. I'd hate to make you cold the whole ride there. You should not have to... You should not have to worry about how your body makes other people feel. Which I get, but, but I am pretty cold to touch and it is cold out. That's alright. If I chose to ride with you, I wouldn't have that knowledge. Thank you so much for that. I'm going to ride with her friend because it seems like that would make you more comfortable or make you more comfortable. But I'd love to talk to you later if you would like, like to. Too. Yeah. Uh, oh, before we go, uh, hold on. I need to do something. And friends like sprints ahead to the front of the group real quick and uh, pulls out the camera and takes a picture of everybody on the. Yeah. Oh, I did so a piece cute. then. <laughs> yeah, Kathy's rolling her eyes. Taylor also does the peace sign because they feel like they got a match. Oh, yep. <laughs> I'm I'm doing the basic bitch. 
Stephen Stephen uh, is working like rapid fire to make sure everyone present gets their own copy of the picture. So like, as you're starting to ride, there's just like picture and my picture coming out. As Stephen's like, eh, don't worry, everyone's gonna get a copy, even me. Well, I don't have pockets big enough for it, but I'm sure somebody hang on to mine. Thank you, Stephen. You're doing. <laughs> Stephen, you're the best. <laughs> yeah. Stephen, I feel like we should pay you for all this work. God, you're doing really good. Stephen just goes, thank you. Um, although, to be honest, I'm kind of, my payment is when you fight because, so I can't steal them anymore because it turns out Hug's not actually evil, but I was able to temporarily steal oh. her pronouns, which was really fun for me. Cool. You get paid in pronouns. What does that look like? So what it looks like is I glow brighter and I become stronger with the more pronouns that are now in my brain. Awesome. You like glow That's different awesome. colors depending on what pronouns they are? Yeah, I also change colors on my mood. You know, it's actually us fairies that invented glow rings. Mood rings, you know those? Yeah, we invented those. Oh, that's so Hell cool. Yeah. <laughs> Making a mental note to try to find a gumball machine that sells moon rings. I was gonna say, Steven <laughs> is still one of my favorite NPCs right now. <laughs> oh my god. Um, so yeah, you start to ride, and let me switch over the map for you real quick. So I'm going to save you your short rest. It is now like, um, it is now like late, late afternoon, kind of early evening. There's, there's, like, there's like a soft glow. It's kind of like a, um, snowy, slightly foggy atmosphere as, um, you ride through this forest. Originally, um... Originally, they were going to ride along the tracks, but noticing some of the bigger ice patches and things like that, uh, Taylor, who's like leading your group there, um, kind of explains why they changed course a bit. And you, you do diverge from the, from the tracks a bit, but they're still within sight as you, um, as you go through this forest. So you're kind of going at a trot right now, so like faster than a walk, slower than like a jog. Um, and they're doing that because... It did recently have a storm here, so there's lots of ice patches hidden by snow, and they don't want the horses to fall and that sort of thing. Um, and for now, I will open it up to if you want to talk to your riding buddies. So, what do you think of rats? Because, uh, I forgot to mention, uh, there's one, I mean, behind you. Yeah, so River uh, River goes, oh yeah, no worries, I love rats, you know, growing up I had a pet rat named Pumpkin, who originally I thought was a real rat, but then I realized that he was just one of those toy rats, you know, like the ones with all the gears, and like, you know, like they do like the same motion over and over. I was Oh my gosh. Yeah, I was kind of slow to notice that he was like a toy, not a real rat, so I would try to feed him. And then I would accidentally clog his gears up, and because my parents thought it was funny that I thought it was real, they'd wait till I go to bed, and then they would unclog his gears, and then it, I would just do it all, all over again. That poor, that poor toy rat got fed so many things and had to get fixed so many times. So the fact that yours, yours is real is, um, it's nice. Younger me would have been jealous. 
So, get this, okay? Get this. He's not, he's not a real rat. This is so wild. Are you me? Are we the same person? Because he's like, he's, well, he's, you know, organic, but like, uh, not technically, currently a rat. Yes. Yes, but in the past, has he always, no, not, not technically. This is so wild, River. So is he like cursed or something? Uh, I guess so. I guess. Yeah, he's cursed. Uh, currently, the biggest curse on him is, uh, the fact that he has to wear a unicorn onesie, but, um, we're gonna get him some, like, actual real man clothes, but, like, size them down for rats at some point. Um, yeah, that's my- that's on my agenda. You should get him- you should get him a suit, make him look like a little businessman, because businessman looks very efficient with- with the right acting you could get out of just about any situation. I had a cousin who, um was actually trying to go into acting. Turns out the only thing he's good at pretending to be is a businessman. Well, he ended up getting a suit and pretending to be a businessman, and he faked his way into becoming a CEO when he knows nothing about business, which at first was bad, but then he learned, and now the company's actually doing great. Oh my gosh. That was... That was a wild ride. Theodore, do you want to be a little businessman? As you ask that, Theodore, from, like who just woke up from a nap, sneezes, rolls back over, and starts to fall asleep again. I think that was a yes. <laughs> I think that was a yes. Oh my gosh, River. He's gonna be a little businessman. Telling you, capitalism is one hell of a superpower. Sorry, that was an OOC laugh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Agreed. Anyone, uh, is there anyone else talking to their writing buddy? Yeah, I want to talk to Pocket. Alright, Fluxy, you were writing with... Cookie was writing with Pocket, the, the little goblin yeah. that was terrified of friends earlier. Pocket, where are you from? Pocket just goes, well... Do you want the long answer? Or the short answer. How long is the long answer? Well, let's say we do have to stop about halfway so we don't ride through the night. Cause it's not really safe to ride through the night and that in with the, all the ice and stuff. But my story could probably get right up to the, our break there. So if you're willing to have me talk for the whole first half of the ride, I could tell you then. Let's do the short answer. Okay, so the short answer is... Um, I was technically born in the Shadowfell, but then I was adopted from folks from Alpho, so technically I'm from the Shadowfell, but I was mostly raised in that, raised in Alpho, so I'm mostly from Alphos, I guess. It gets kind of complicated. Um, oh, I understand. I'm from yeah. somewhere else, too. Oh, really? Where are you from? The Feywild. Ooh, I heard, not to, not to do a pun, but I heard it's pretty wild in the Feywild. <laughs> Say, so, you know, does the Feywild have a, does the Feywild, Feywild have those blink dogs, you know, the ones that move super fast and everything, because the Shadowfell has a lot of those, and they used to steal my lunch when I walked to school, and I used to get mad, but they're, but they're so cute where I couldn't stay mad for long. I can't really remember running into them, actually, to be honest. I mostly just hung out with, with my babysitter? 
person I was living with. That sounds nice. Small fa small family of sorts, I take it? Uh, just some guy I lived with. And his little dragon friend. Oh, that's cool. You know, I know a dragon, too. He's pretty old, You know though. a dragon? Yeah, he's what? pretty old. He doesn't really leave the Shadowfell, though. I think technically wow. he's my, um... I think technically he's, like, my adopted mom's cousin twice removed or something. My my mom's a dragon ward, so it tracks somehow. Don't I don't I'm not good with family trees, but yeah. Awesome. That sounds cool. It is. I What's once his had name? A, his name his name <laughs> his name he hates it is pretty short is is pretty it's kinda dorky and cliche. He's he's a sh he's he's a black dragon that lives in the Shadowfell and his name's literally Shadow. Um he he just has me call him uh, Uncle Shasha, to be honest. Nice. Yeah, one time for my birthday, he breathed fire and cooked 20, 20 s'mores at once, and it was really fun. I really want some s'mores now. Well, I always pack them because they're a great snack food, so maybe once we stop for our break, we can eat some. Awesome. All right, next person who wants to talk to their writing buddy. I'd like to talk to Taylor. Yeah, go for it. Oh, you know what I'm asking them. <laughs> I'm asking them if they worship any gods. Well, <laughs> I think the obvious one is the one that uh, your friend currently has a symbol of on their arm. Um, mm. There's also... There's also a lot of smaller ones that I worship. Like there's, um, they don't always have names. Some of the ones that I like, they're just kind of, they just kind of are there, and you can feel them when they're there. Like there's a, there's a god that's literally just the god of grass, um, which I know seems silly, but they have, a, they tend to have a really calming presence. So if you know, if you're suddenly really calm and you're in a grassy area, it's, they're actually probably there with you because I've, I've met them before. Um, I worship a lot of the smaller ones. Um, some of them are small in other words. Others, obviously, the Traveler, um, is quite, pretty big. <laughs> mm. Um, although their current situation has made their status complicated. Um, it, it is pretty frustrating, too, because we, we all want to help them, but they're not, they haven't really explained to us why they're in the position they are. They just keep telling us that they got into this mess and that they're going to fix it. But the last time anyone oh. heard from them, they sounded like they were really sick. Like we're, we're actually kind of focusing on them a lot recently because they have not been doing good at all. Oh, no. Oh, well, I was going to say about you, you called them kind of smaller gods. This is such thing as a smaller God. I mean, some gods have more power, but at the end of the day, they, you know, they matter to you. So I don't think they're that small at all. Yeah. And you know, it can get tricky with, uh... There's a lot of, there's a lot of magic in the world, you know? Like, I, I'm not a magic user, but, um... I've had friends who've met all sorts of, uh, beings that there's a lot of crossover between gods and, um, warlock patrons and, you know, gods and just forces that are trying to make the world a better place. I think all of us actually have a lot more in common than we think, whether it's gods and mortals or just between 
mortals, you know? Mm. <laughs> Finn's hand absentmindedly traces over their bag. And they just kind of go, oh, sorry, he just kind of goes, yeah, my patron, I, sh I just asked him point blank, like, are you God? And then he went to sleep, so. Yeah, I think I think my patron be is being as stubborn as Lim's friend. <laughs> you know, um, asking something if they're a god usually isn't as easy as doing it, as much as it would be convenient if asking it was. Um, as it is, a lot of the ones that are really bad off forget that they were a god in the first place, too. You're actually better off uh, checking the Remembrance Skill archives or meeting with one of the gods that we're working with right now. Like, if you were to meet... Oh like the traveler or something they might be able to tell you if Nick was one or not I don't th wait does wait I didn't tell Taylor my patron's name you didn't <laughs> now hold on a damn <laughs> <laughs> pulls out a gun um wait whoa, whoa, hold on hold hold the f <laughs> pulls the reins no no I'm not gonna do that uh, I think I'll just ask them straight up, like, what? How do you... How the fuck? What? Hello? Is it that obvious? Less obvious, more so, um, the fact that, uh, my mom's patron used to be Nick, actually. Wait, what the f- What? Yeah. Like I've, I've, we've met, I've, I've met him plenty of times. He was even, he was like even at my, uh, he was at. I remember him coming to my fifth birthday party and giving me a birthday present. He told me. No one had talked to him in like a hundred years. How old are you? Sorry, not sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is a personal question, but like, actually, this is for research. How old are you? <laughs> Definitely not that old. So. uh... Okay. Don't know why he told you that, unless he's got some, mm. uh, memory confusion there. I might. Well, he sort of- he has a sort of predicament, which is partly why I'm, uh, seeking to join the guild, um... Oh, okay, well, I really wait, hope, wait. I hope he wasn't lying to me. Okay, so predicament, because I'm sensing he's close to us. So he's not just following us, he's like, with you somehow? I mean, I'm a warlock, so to some degree, yeah. His power, well, I mean, I had to like trade my soul and everything, but yeah, kind of. So, I'm gonna, look, I'm going to be honest. I, I get that this is like what y'all do if Nick does, in fact, turn out to be, like, maybe a forgotten god. But, like, I'm not in the guild yet. Um, and also, I don't know you. <laughs> so, if you want to help with that, uh, maybe a little later down the line. Yeah, yeah, no, that's I, fair. I, I'm just, yeah. I'm just, like, really curious now, because I remember, I remember seeing Nick, and they weren't, he wasn't really something you could just carry around, so now I'm really curious about how exactly you two are connected, unless he's decided to change forms for some reason. I'm, I'm just confused and what? curious. 
What was he, what did he look like when you knew them? So honestly, uh, Nick, back when um, they were my mom's patron, um, they could, they could, they could actually shapeshift into a bunch of different forms. They usually just um, tended to walk around as my mom because they thought it was funny to confuse me and Henry. Oh. But just randomly show up as our mom. It was never, it was never really out of malice. They, they would just do it and then they have like a little gotcha moment and then be like, okay, no, your mom's actually over there. So they were changeling. Yeah. Or shapeshifter, I mean. Shape changer, excuse me. Yeah, they were able to change shapes. I, they never really told huh. us what they actually were because they never really showed their true forms to us, but they right. could they could just turn it about about any time. I remember one time I I like begged and begged and begged for Nick to go to school for me so I didn't have to go. And they didn't do it for the, they didn't do it for the whole day, but they did it long enough where I could sleep in and then I just went to school for like the afternoon. It was awesome. Were they like Were they a Well, okay. If they were your mom's patron were they a god or were they just like a very strong being? Do you know? No, I I remember asking both my mom and Nick multiple times, and my mom said, "Unless you plan on becoming a warlock, it's none of your business." And Nick said, what? "One of one of your family is enough for me. No offense, I'm not telling you anything." And then, <laughs> no magic for me, I guess. <laughs> oh, well, that's. Hey, if you wanted to do a like a little warlock thing i could ask nick if they're taking on new well actually they're well okay i can tell you this they are currently trapped somewhere and i'm seeking leads to get them not trapped anymore um and i'm helping them on the our contract is basically like nick gives me powers i help try to get them out of their thing. You know, that is actually pretty concerning to hear because from what little I know about them and from what little my mom was willing to tell me, there's not a lot of uh, beings that are strong enough to trap them. Yeah, I get the sense this is well, I'm not going to say their names, but I do have a hunch as to who might have done that. Well, if your hunch is anything related to what happened to the train attendant there, I think you and I, you and I might be ha sharing the same hunch. Yeah. Yeah. I look, look. I minor vulnerability moment here. Um, I might have used to worship one of the big three, um, and I don't anymore. And I'm a little worried that that's going to come bite me in the ass. Ooh, yeah. So I am doing my very best to be as what's the word? Oh fuck! What's the word? Uh, it's like when you're like bowing down to somebody, uh, uh, genuflecting. That's not the word, but what? God, what's the word? I don't know the word. I, I, I can't. Not worship. It's like that. It's on that track. Respectful. Yeah, no, I get what you mean. Um. Yeah. Brain completely gave up there. <laughs> yeah. So. As you know, the, the I mean, there's more than just the three for old gods, but the, the, the three right. that we're both thinking of are the ones that are related mm -hmm. and connected to you-know-who with the feathers. Um, 
I find yeah. that it's best not to even mention their names because they've got eyes and ears everywhere and they tend to take their name as an invitation to come interact with you. So I think if you just avoid saying yeah. their names, that will help a lot right there. That is exactly what I was doing. It's kind of why a lot of us refer to uh, uh, the queen there. That's why a lot of us just refer to her as her and like kind of emphasize the her because she's like the scary oh. one out of three. Yeah. What? Plot development happening. <laughs> okay. Well, I take it you don't worship any of the the old gods. <laughs> oh, I, no, uh, no, no, no. I, I busted <laughs> Finn bust like kind of uh, as their writing shows tailor a little like notebook that they have of, of like just not with names or anything. It's all anonymous. Just like uh a name of a god and then like notes on like how they like very vague notes on like how this person worships this god like how like not how intensely what's the word like how devoutly i guess yeah. mm -hmm. uh and then like how they feel about their god and like kind of little notes about that and there's about uh half of the gods uh of the mentioned gods well i mean the gods that we know about including you know who yeah you know um yeah. You know what god you should add on there, and this this is actually even amongst the guild, we're not sure they exist or not, but there's one that would be really cool to talk to, um, if they did exist, is we believe there's actually an additional type of god, god called hibernating god, that these are ones that either by choice or by force were not killed but made dormant and are actually sleeping like beneath the earth's surface right now. Um, is it one god or is it like a couple of gods? Uh, we're not sure. It's just a rumor that some of the, you know, some of the demigods that we're trying to help survive have kind of shared with us. They themselves um, aren't sure. The traveler, um, the traveler's pretty sure that uh, they exist, and I think that's what they that's what they're mainly looking for right now. Um, then again, the traveler doesn't exactly tell me their agenda, but last I heard, they were um, looking for a hibernating god for some reason. Do you think? they would be able to help me with Nick. I think in their current condition, it would be really a hit or miss, but I think um, I okay. think if you all were to join the guild and join the pool of people that not necessarily worship, but are willing to think about them and keep their memory alive that way, they might be a little bit stronger, become just a bit more healthy to be able to help you with that. Okay. Okay. That makes that makes sense. I was just asking. I just wanted to make sure. Most of the leads that I've gotten have been kind of dead ends, so this is actually pretty promising. And that's I don't want to get too hopeful, so I just wanted to make sure. Thank you, by the way. Yeah. I know that, like, I'm not technically in the guild yet, so I, I feel like you're giving me a lot of sensitive information. But you can trust me with this. My lips are sealed. Well, listen. You learn a lot about a people when you rob the train they're on and. They start to fight you, but then change their mind halfway through. So if there's anyone, that, if there's anyone to be willing to tell this info, it'd be your group. That's fair. Just if anyone asks, I I wasn't, I didn't say anything. Although, well, yeah, I know. I'm just. <laughs> well, I'm also worried. Well, I'm also just worried because, like, I know you mentioned you worshipped Lim's friend. Uh, there's been a lot of people like going missing. So, I'm, I'm sure you already know this, but be careful. Yeah, well, that's why we're trying to keep it. Um 
on the down low, and that's why my job is to yeah. keep attention off of other places and situations. So you'll probably see mm. me in the news a lot, um, but it's for the best that the news is talking about me and not guild stuff. So. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, thank you. And sorry that was kind of out of nowhere. I just. Yeah. I just, no. I just like to hear people talk about like. Um, I feel like faith is a very, well, it's a personal thing, but I think it says a lot about who people are, like, in terms of how they worship, and, um, yeah, anyway, thank you. Yeah, and one last one you might consider looking up is, um, there was a demigod I met recently, uh, I want to say, um, I want to say her name was, like, Rixie or something, she told me that, um, there was a new god just made recently. You know how, like, the young gods are, like, the newer ones? Um, she mm -hmm. said that there was a god of warlocks just made recently. Um, I think his, mm -hmm. I think his name's, like, Dazar or something. Um, I don't know much about them or how you get into contact with them, but, um, you could also ask them about, um, about Nick. Uh, what was the name? Uh, it's, um... D A Z A R. Um, they use they he pronouns. It's the young uh, god of warlocks. He's a young god and like literally like just got made like last week. That's I, I flip back in my notes. Actually, Dazar is one of the gods that I had checked off. <laughs> uh, that I I yeah I man it must have been new because this was actually kind of like last week. It flips back to the the notes on Dazar. It's like. Yeah, I don't know. I I kind of don't feel like it. Don't let friends hear me say this, but sometimes I feel like I'm not a very good warlock. Like, I feel like I'm not doing enough. So, like, I don't know. I feel like the god of rocks is going to be like, you fucked up, and I'm going to be like, cool, thanks. I already feel bad. It's definitely so worth, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, consider it. Definitely worth trying you. to contact them somehow. Don't ask me how, because I don't know, but... <laughs> I'll, I'll find a way. You're a warlock, I'm sure Nick there's might a know them. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll ask Nick and be like, Hey, <laughs> I don't know if Dazar's their boss or anything, but, you know. Yeah, thank you. Alright, um, I just realized it is in fact 11.03, so we're gonna take our five minute break and come back at 11.08, so I am going to throw up the um, Be Right Back screen while we all take our break. Just so you know, I am going to leave the stream running, so if you do talk on Discord, the stream will hear you talk during break. So let me just throw that up, and I'll be right back. Oh no, they can hear me.
unless I ran through that part of my inheritance while I was still a baby, I have not come into it yet, but I do not at all complain of having been kept out of this property. And if anyone should be in the present enjoyment of it, he is hardly welcome to keep it. I was born with a call, which was advertised for sale in the newspapers at the low price of 15 guineas. Whether seagoing people were short of money about that time or were short of faith and preferred cork jackets, I don't know all. I don't know. All I know is that there was but one solitary bidding, and that was from an attorney connecting with Bill Broking Business, who offered two pounds in cash balance and a share. The decline to be guaranteed from drowning on any higher bargain. I've never walked into a room so confused in my entire life. <laughs> I'm so glad it wasn't just me, because I just came back with a banana. I know, I just came back from the bathroom and I'm like, what is happening? Uh, I will give five English teacher points to anybody on the cast that uh, can guess what I was reading. You said pounds. I did. Hmm. Oh, well, that takes a great Gatsby then. Uh, it's not Gatsby. Yeah, no. <laughs> English Gatsby. Wait, I, I just got back, so I, I only heard the pounds thing. Were there any other hints? Um, the, I have the starting line of the chapter I'll read again. It's, uh, chapter one, I am born. Whether I shall turn out to be the hero of my own life or whether that station will be held by anybody else, these pages must show. Oh, this sounds really familiar, oh, but yeah, it's not. My brain isn't. Is it Sherlock Holmes? It's not oh. Sherlock Holmes, but you are getting closer. Good try. Nancy Drew. It is. Nancy Drew. <laughs> David Copperfield. It is David Copperfield. Oh, shit. I was like, that sounds Dickin Dickensian, but yeah. I couldn't remember the book. I was going to guess Great Expectations. <laughs> cool. It is one of my favorite book openings. I'm going to admit, I've only read the first chapter. Same. That's all you needed to be able to get five English teacher points, so you're good. <laughs> Chat said, isn't that the first draft of WAP? <laughs> <laughs> My favorite opening line of a book is from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Far out in the uncharted backwaters of the unfashionable end of the western spiral arm of the galaxy lies a small, unregarded yellow sun. Just immediately, like, no one is shit, no one fucking matters. <laughs> just, just <laughs> roasting everything. And then the whole bit about digital watches. It's wonderfully dated, but I think that kind of adds to the hilarity. They still think digital watches are a good idea. <laughs> so funny. And the, the whole description of Arthur Dent figuring out there's a bulldozer on his lawn. <laughs> it's it's like the perfect like show-don't-tell scene, in my opinion. And it's also fun. Anyway. 
fucking sci-fi nerd over here. Alright, anyway, now we can get the back correct scene back up. Ta-da! We are back. So, was anyone else talking to their riding buddy? I mean, Callie's just gonna... Like, so, I'm, as I'm assuming here is the fun part. Um, does... Penelope have like a saddle or anything like that that Callie can hold on to while we are moving at more of a brisk pace. Yeah, so obviously since she's a centaur, there's no like reins or anything because she can walk. Right. Um, so there, but there is like a saddle though that I like, for her it's mostly to like have something to attach her bags to, but it's, since it's also a saddle, you can sit in it. So you just kind of, it's like, a, I'm going to say it's like a western saddle so you can like hang on to like the horn part. Okay, cool. The front edge, whatever part you want to hang on to. Yeah, that's that. As long as there's something to hold on to, because that's what I was confused about. Because I have been in real life rode horses and know it's very hard to stay on a horse that's moving at a brisker pace with no saddle or reins. Mm -hmm. Or they're <laughs> like, obviously, I don't want to like pull her mane or nothing, you know? So it's like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like, well, it's one of those things where, like, if you, like, knew each other better, like, if you were, mm -hmm. like, a friend or something, you could just, like, hold on to her waist, but it's like, you just met, so, like, the saddle's probably the better option. <laughs> right, that's why I was like, I really hope there's a saddle. Okay, so, yeah, that's, so, if there's a saddle, then I wouldn't say anything, I would just ride silently. Okay. Um, was that everyone who wanted to talk to their riding buddy? I think I just want to make like more like general conversation. Like, there's not anything like directly yeah, that I want to go know. Ahead. Um, but just like checking in with um both the person I'm writing with and the the Triton, um, just like seeing how they are doing. Yeah. So um, so the Arctic Triton that you met, um, his name is Sydney, um. He's like, I mean, so Taylor and Blizzard are like co-leaders. There's no official third leader, but if there was, it'd probably be him. He's kind of, he's been kind of like speeding up and slowing down, just kind of checking in with everyone too to make sure um, everything's good. He has checked in with Blizzard multiple times to make sure she's doing okay having um, Lim ride with her because she's having to hold Lim up because they're still knocked out. <laughs> um, and... Um, they 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 do they do feel cold to touch to other people, but because they're an Arctic uh, Triton, they themselves don't get that cold. So like they aren't as wearing as many layers as you. So like any extra layers that they don't really need, they're like giving it to people that look like they're cold, um, and that sort of thing. Like they since they're an Arctic Triton, it takes a lot for them to get cold. So like they they they've kind of gotten away with like more of like a fall jacket right now. Although they do have like winter stuff in case the weather was to get worse. Um, or whatever, and let me look at who you were riding with again, because I'm trying to remember. Oh yeah, because you were riding with Gale, and um, so Sydney notices that she seems a bit cold, so like he takes his scarf off and hands it, scarf off and hands it to her, and then he sees you and he goes, uh, "Hopefully you're good, because that was my last scarf." <laughs> I'd say share, oh. but it's not quite long enough for that, I don't think. <laughs> no, I'm fine. I'm fine. So if it helps any, I'm going to say that most of the people in um, 
in this little ragtag group of theirs are probably around um, around Finn's age. Um, Sydney is definitely closer to Friends' age, although I'd say that he's at, at if you were to guesstimate it, he's probably more like 30-something than 40-something. Um, Penelope seems a bit... She's, Penelope's probably the oldest. She's she's probably a little bit older than you, Ferenz. The rest of them are definitely mm -hmm. older than you. Okay. I think I'm going to say with that, um, you do have to do your um, halfway break to where you need to go. So I'm going to say that... Um, uh, Taylor's group of thieves here have clearly lived in this area and done, you know, their job here for a long time, so they set up pretty quickly. Um, they've got tents specially made for winter to keep you warm. Um, they do pack a lot of tents, and, um, the, the tents, there's enough where, like, you could share it with a couple of people, and they, they'll, they're, they're gonna leave it up to you about who you want to share with. Um, but they are doing, um, calls for like watch shifts right now so I don't think I'm gonna make everyone do a watch shift but if a couple of people wanted to do one they are looking for people to do like a do watch I'll do one uh I'll do one I'll do the first one all right Taylor all right so I think um Caleb which which NPCs was it that you wanted to talk to again uh, I invited Taylor, but they are under no obligation to come. Okay. Well, because I think Stormy, you Finn also wanted to talk to Taylor, right? Or is it someone else? I wanted to talk to with friends, but that's a when we're not like super busy. Okay. Um, there's a lot to unpack. Here. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very so, packed canoe. Um, I'm gonna have it where um, I think for the first watch, I'm gonna have friends, Finn and Taylor. I'll be in the first one. So I'm gonna have you. Um, I'm gonna have you all just roll. I need to open to the right character first, but I'm gonna have you, friends, and Taylor all do a quick like, um, just like a perception check. But then you can talk a little bit, and I'll just tell you afterward what what happens. Cool. I'm gonna use my uh, roll with advantage once perception because I have a plus zero to this. Just, just, I just want to make sure. Oh, well, let's see if I crit. No, but, uh, you know. All right, 18 for Finn. All right. Uh, I, can tell you, I forgot to put the Beyond 20 extension in, but Taylor got a 13. Let's see if Friends can beat a 13. <laughs> you can do it, Friends. I believe in you. Yeah. Oh, nice. This is the second time you and I have gotten the exact same number. <laughs> Last time we both got 16, and now we both have 18. What is going on? We're just, like, vibing tonight or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So was there questions you wanted to ask each other or something specific you wanted to talk about? Um, I think... Oh, like, like before before I get to Finn, um, I wanna um um spend some time with 
Taylor kind of unpacking, like, just letting them, like, talk out some of their problems. Okay, yeah. Um, so, you just have, Taylor's gonna just, like, vent to you is what I'm picking up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, well, I think both Taylor and you and, F I think all three of you get along pretty well, so I guess you're just kind of, like, all sitting close-ish and, uh, just chatting and, um, well, the conversation is definitely more so directed toward friends than Finn. I think they're okay with Finn hearing because they, they kind of feel like you all deserve to hear because of um, considering what happened with the train and everything. Um, so they go... Can Finn... Oh, sorry. Go no, ahead. go ahead. I was just going to say Finn may, may want to talk to Nick real quick while this is going on, but not right now. After. Yeah, we can do it. We can do that. Yeah. Um so, Taylor Duo's, okay, so, haven't told this story for a while, especially since the last time, not even the newspaper would be willing to run it, because, God forbid, they lose their funding from Haven Enterprises, but, basically, the story goes, uh, roughly five years ago, both of my parents, um, were engineers for Haven Enterprises. And they had this big important meeting in O'Shell, um, and there was a new prototype, prototype train they were supposed to show off at that meeting. Um, I remember talking to my parents and that train, even though it had been through some testing, they, they, it should have gone through more, uh, but at that time, Haven Enterprises was actually behind on production and basically they were forced to take the train there because it was the only available transportation. Um, they got about halfway there when the whole um, exploding train thing happened. Um, uh, I heard about what happened um, because, because well, it's going to sound weird, but because I guess the, the traveler saw it happen um, and was there for some reason. Um, and, and they got hurt too, which is pretty freaky because you don't really think of gods or, I guess, since they're a demigod now, you don't really think of them getting hurt, but they got hurt too, and, um, the funny thing is they thought they were, they thought I was going to be mad at them, but I wasn't really mad at them because it wasn't their fault that it happened. The fault, the reason why it happened is because Haven Enterprises really treats all their workers like shit, and if they had just treated everyone better and had more staff and then had more trains being safely made, then the, my parents wouldn't have had to ride an unsafe train. And while I definitely don't think the train whole thing happened because of an accident, I do think whatever happened on that train was used to cover up something. And all I know is that new, um, that new ex expo they're planning on having at Haven Enterprises later this year, I have a feeling it's not going to be good news. So, um, I definitely would advise you to avoid writing Haven Enterprises stuff because whether it's faulty production or cover-ups, they clearly don't care about who or what they destroy in the process, and they hurt a lot of people with that. What happened to my parents? Not just me, there were so many people on that train. Alright, so I have a question for you real quick, though. 
how is you you your your whole thing is you you've been attacked in trains, right? So how is that burden the company? Well, so Haven Enterprise is supposed to be this really successful, you know, um, company that has great trains, great security, that sort of thing. Well, what we mm -hmm. do is, is not only do we make their security look like shit, we hurt the revenue we're coming in because, you know, between getting paid to make the trains and getting a cut of the money when a train's actually used, they're constantly getting money from the trains, you know, um... So, my whole thing has been, well, we're going to make him look bad, and we're going to make him hurt, because it's clear that they only care about money. So, losing a whole train, mm -hmm. that's a lot of money. So, something I would caution you over, and I'm sure that you probably, as a group, thought, remember, when you do things like you take out transportation, not really hurting the company, right? Because they're, sure, they're losing trains for the day, but there's not another train company, you know? They're not going to just, people aren't going to switch over from Haven to other train companies. What you're doing is you're hurting the lives of everyday people that are just trying to get to and from places. And you're also, you're in the life of the very workers that you're trying to protest the treatment of. Because they're just going to have to build back newer trains even quicker than before. And they're going to have to come out to these not friendly places where you've destroyed the track to fix it. You know, it's not the management or anybody you're mad at that you're actually affecting. I know, I've definitely let my anger get the better of me with that. Anger is powerful, but think what you should do. And again, I'm overstepping, it's okay to tell. Think that what you might be wise to do is talk to other people about your feelings for a little bit. And that way, and talk through your plans with them a little bit more. I get it. You want to make people hurt. And maybe there are some people that deserve to hurt. There are some powerful people that deserve to be held accountable. Not just for your pains, but for the other pains they have caused too. But we got to ask ourselves, when we do forms of protest, are we doing things that will hold people accountable? Are we doing things for the better of the society? Or are we doing things to make us feel better? Sometimes doing things to make us feel better is warranted. But we got to be careful that we're not hurting others in the process. Yeah, you're, you're right. I think I've been in denial about it for a while. It's just just so mad you know and not many people outside of my friends here even believed what happened happened like they've already in Haven Enterprises that eyes it's already been done and covered up there's nothing to talk about but for me 
and for Henry, and for everyone else, there's always going to be something to talk about. I believe in you. You're doing a good job. I think you need to redirect your focus a little bit. But I think you're going to make it. And Taylor just uh, says, thanks, Mr. Ferenz. Um <laughs> And kind of like sniffles and like not susceptibly wipes their eyes. And then um, you hear back from camp, someone asked Taylor, like, um, hey, what's the, what bag did we put the, ra the rations in again? And Taylor just goes, tries to, like, answer without getting up, but then they're like, what bag? I what, I don't know what bag you're talking about. And they just sigh, and they go, excuse me, um, and they get up and leave to help, um, whoever it was that asked about it to find the ration bag, and it's safe to say that when it comes to watch, they saw nothing, because, um, before they left, they were too busy trying not to cry, so... Um, so then, um, Stormy, was it you gonna have Finn and friends talk or Finn and Nick? Yeah, I just wanted to ask, uh, Nick, like, what are you lying to me? Did you forget what happened? Hello? Okay, yeah, so, um, I'll, I have, I sort of, while, uh, Taylor is unloading the stuff. And I'm, like, kind of half-listening, but I, I close my eyes and I just kind of ask Nick, like, hey! So, I've had some information that you had a warlock before me. I'm not upset about that. What I'm worried about is that it sounds a lot more recent than when you got put in that attic. You gotta be honest with me. Because if not, I'll... I don't know, I don't want to threaten you. I'm not gonna threaten you. Just, just... Be honest, is that true? Nick, who has definitely been there the whole time, um... kind of like hums and goes... You, you... Just because I'm not the god of time doesn't mean I know time. I think, I think, you know, no, I don't think. I know what I told you is correct. Taylor's just, Taylor's just confused. Can I insight check them Yeah, you quick? can insight check that. I, I want to see if, like, if this is genuine confusion or if they're just trying to be like, No, everything's fine, because they, they do that sometimes. Ooh, nine. Uh-oh. Well, luckily for you, um... A nine's still high enough where you can tell that Nick is still... Uh, Nick um, is insisting that Taylor is confused, but they don't sound quite so sure of that statement themselves. Like, they sound like they're probably lying. <laughs> okay. Slash are also confused themselves, so like a mix of both. So basically, you got no answer. Okay. I I just kind of go, okay. Well, I'm trusting you. I believe you. 
please don't fuck me over. And then I opened my eyes and in the conversation. <laughs> Alright. Um... Unless he wants to snap me back. Which, you know, he can. Yeah, I think, um... Nick goes, yeah, it's good you trust me because you wouldn't have powers otherwise, and then you leave. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's right, and I'm not happy about it. <laughs> yeah, I think I... I opened my eyes as soon as... kind of as Taylor's leaving. And I'm just like... Oh, sorry, did I miss anything? Sorry, I had to ask Nick a question real quick. Talking to friends. Hello? I think... oh. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah, Finn uh, was asking you if they missed anything. Yeah, no, you didn't really miss anything, but you said you were talking to Nick. I don't... Um, have you ever mentioned a Nick? I don't think I know who that, that is. Oh, no, that's my patron. I think I've mentioned him before, actually. Oh. Very vaguely, <laughs> but I have... I have... Well... Yeah, Nick, Nick's the, the person I'm trying to help. Well, person... Being. Yeah. Well, that sounds important to your life, kiddo. I'm sorry, I forgot about that, but thank you for reminding me. But that's okay. Look, you have a lot of, like, surrogate kids, so it's okay. Um. That doesn't mean that what you tell me isn't important. No, I believe you. Hey, I forget stuff all the time. You don't, look, you don't have to apologize to me, it's okay. Sometimes you miss stuff and... I don't... I'm okay with reminding you, is the thing. Because... Yeah. Well... Now that Taylor is sort of doing their own thing, um... I don't know if I'm ready to talk about it quite yet, because... Well, the... Well, at least everything. Because it's a lot... Again, mm -hmm. very packed kayak. A lot of baggage. Mm -hmm. Um... But, uh, the, the reason I even, like, struck up a conversation, well, not, not struck up a conversation, but, uh, took this deal with my patron in the first place, um, well, I thought that if I took initiative and did something with what turned out to be probably a celestial being, um, that mm -hmm. my parents would be proud of me. And what I got instead was, you became a warlock and not a cleric. You fucked up. Mm -hmm. So, they didn't kick me out, but I, uh, I basically got the sense that if I were to stay any longer, they would make my life pretty shitty. Um, mm -hmm. So I... Yeah, I, I, I took Nick, uh, and, like, went to a different part of Oshel and found a job with a 
a wonderful bunch of people who are okay with me dipping out of work sometimes. Um, my landlord, not so much, but um, hopefully this adventuring thing's gonna work out and I'm hoping my parents are like, well, I, I just, I, I want to be strong enough that my parents are like, not that they change their mind, but they're like, because I, I don't know if they will, but like, I just want them to be like, proud of me? You know what I mean? And I know, look, I know you're proud of me, but these are like my parents' parents. And, you know, I, I feel like I, I disappoint them a lot. I've disappointed them so much and I want to do like the right thing or something good and like impress them and make them see that they can be proud of me. I I don't know if this is the right thing, but um but are you proud of you? Look, man, I'm 20 years old. I don't even know who I am as a person. I <laughs> oh, I remember the time. But here's what I'm going to say. This is one of the biggest lessons that I wish I was taught. You can spend a lot of time worrying and concentrating on the ways that people think you messed up. right? And you can do a lot of good to fix that. Right? And you can devote your whole life to doing different things. Being good to doing all these things, right? So there's many different ways to be good. You could run for political office, join our little adventuring party. There's so many things you could do, right? Here's the question. Are you happy? And are you proud? Because if you're not drawing that happy, Happiness and that pride from inside of yourself, your well is going to run dry. You know, you can't just keep asking people for that because you might reach a day where there's nobody around that can give it to you. You might reach a day where you're all alone. Those days are always the hardest. And but I, what I want you to be able to have that opportunity that I did. And when that day comes where you have to spend that day alone, you're able to draw on a source of happiness and pride, the strongest one, one from inside of you. Maybe I should get into a little bit more um my well my parents are very into one of the older gods so much so that they have their own church although now that i've been away for a bit now i'm starting to think they may be a cult um they, uh, are they one of them fundies? So we call them or but fundies. Uh, uh, I don't. You cut out for part of that. I'm, I'm not sure what you said. 
That's all right. Um, they're... I can't say their name because I'm a little worried about the god themselves coming down and being like, I heard you were talking shit. I would rather not do that to me or to you. Because hmm. we still got stuff to do. But, uh, I have been sheltered for a lot of my life. Um, and so basically when I joined this adventuring group was when I finally started to figure myself out. And I've only been figuring myself out for like almost half a year. So I, I don't know if I can be proud of myself yet. I don't know how to be. I don't have, I don't know. I feel like, well, I don't know. Maybe it's just because you're older and you've gone through more shit, but like you have all these like, you know what to say and you like have all these like skills not not just in terms of like like handyman skills but like you know emotional skills and i i just feel like i don't know how to do that and like i want to but i just feel like behind all of my peers because like i just didn't like and finn is starting to get a little overclumped at this point and he just goes i feel like an idiot sometimes because like I don't know I feel like I don't know if I can be proud of myself because every time I do something wrong I can just hear my parents in the back of my head um and I I hear what you're saying and I I want to believe you and I want to do what you're suggesting I really want to but well, here, I have a question for you, right? Yeah. When you hear that voice inside of your head, when you do something wrong, right? Why is that voice a reflection on you? Why isn't that voice a reflection on your parents? Because they were there for so long that I didn't really get to... I... Finn kind of thinks it over and tries to figure it out and he realizes and says this as he's realizing it. I don't have an inner voice that isn't my parents. I don't... I'm still learning how to think for my... The only reason I figured out how to think for myself is because I I ran into Nick and they were like, hey, can you help me? And I finally had something to do that like wasn't my parents anymore. Um, mm -hmm. But now I'm starting to think that may, that may have also been the wrong choice. And I, I know what you said to um, uh, to Taylor about, like, even if it's the wrong choice, he still made a choice. And, like, that is fine. I'm just... I don't know. I, I feel like... I'm, I'm just really glad that I'm with all of you. Because I think now that I'm, like, away from them, maybe I can start to heal. But... I'm, I'm more, well, like you said, narratively, we might run into your ex-wife. I'm worried we might run into my parents or um, current acolytes of their quote-unquote church. And if we do, you're under no obligation to talk to them again. If we do, you're under no obligation to look at them. And what's really important, 
probably haven't fully recognized yet that they've hurt you. That's okay. But when you do, and we run into them a couple months down the road, if we do, you are never under an obligation to forgive them. All right? I think that one of the biggest things, if you wanted to start looking inward and asking yourself those big questions, you know, I think one of the biggest questions is, who am I and what do I want? And I think that you're struggling to see that person inside. You told me you don't think you have a voice in your head. I think you do. I think that voice is very kind, very intelligent, cares about people, but always curious, wanting to learn more about different gods and different perspectives, loves listening to people that is a damn good listener. Make people feel like they're being listened to, makes people feel accepted. And I know that voice is somewhere in your head because that's you. You are a person of worth and value. You are somebody that loves and is love. And I am so proud of you every day. Vince fully crying. <laughs> just tears. Um, he, he, I don't think he wipes them away. I think he just embraces them because <laughs> friends is very accepting. Finn is just like, just just whips a handkerchief out of his pocket and just kind of gets a little bit out of the way so he can see friends and he just goes I wish I could hear me but I feel like I get drowned out by my parents I want to hear I want to see me as you see me how the hell do you see me well I guess because you're not me but um You know, you, you see the good um, in people, and you see the good in me, and I feel like sometimes I can't see the good in myself. How do you, how do you see the good in yourself? Well, you know, I used to own a barn, right? Wait, really? I didn't. Yeah, know. That was cool. I had, and I had a mirror in this barn. It was on the side, and this mirror sat against the barn wall for a few years and dust and hay and dirt and mud and even a little bit of cow shit in some places had gathered up on the ear, right? And, and when you Finn, sorry, Finn laughs a little bit through the tears, still crying though. And when you look through a mirror like that, right, it's hard to see the beautiful things, right? Like I could have the most beautiful floral bouquet, whatever they're called, like in front of that mirror. But if I'm looking through that mirror, trying to see that bouquet, I'm not gonna see how beautiful they are, right? So here's the thing, me, all your friends on this team, everyone else you coming to me don't have to look at you through the mirror they can look at you straight on and i think that 
your mirror has been neglected for a little bit of time. I don't think that your parents put in a healthy amount of treating you how to take care of your mirror. And I think that you've been putting it off for a little while, too. I think some of that has probably been fear. Some of that has been you believing what you see in the mirror. Believing that there couldn't be anything beautiful or intelligent or creative in that mirror. Because that's what you see currently. So I think what you need to do is start cleaning that mirror. Now, it's not going to be easy. It took me a whole year to clean that mirror correctly. And it's going to take you some time, too, to clean your mirror. But remember, you don't have to carry the canoe by yourself. You can talk to people. You can talk to me. And I'm here to remind you there are beautiful things on the other side of that mirror. I can't clean it for you. Can't remind you what's there on the other side. Is it... Is it wrong for me to want my parents to be proud of me? No. It's not wrong. That's a basic instinct. I want my parents to be proud of me and they're dead. You know? I'm sure they are. I'm sure, friends, I'm sure they are. And if they're not, then, I don't know, we'll find a cleric to resurrect them so I can tell them off. Maybe cast some just Blast on them. But here's the thing. If they aren't proud of me, right? That doesn't reflect on me as a person. That reflects on them. Because I am somebody that is worthy of pride. I am somebody that is worthy of happiness and worthy of love. So are you. Maybe you want your parents to be proud of you, and that's okay. Right? That is all right. And it is okay to express that and work towards that. But at the end of the day, can't if you can't accomplish that, it doesn't make you any less of a person, no matter how they might try to make you feel. Ben uh, nods at this. You can tell that, like, he's been listening very carefully, and he respects friends. But there's a part of him that's like, wants to, but can't yet. But he doesn't say that. He just sort of goes, okay, um, well, well, having y'all around, having y'all be so accepting is a good start. Um, and if y'all are proud of me, then maybe I can start to heal and figure myself out um i feel like it's a lot of work to remind somebody every time they feel down i don't want you to feel like you have to keep like reassuring me i i want to get to a point where you are where 
I can just be there for myself. But I don't think I'm there yet. And sorry that I'm not. You see, here's the thing. It's like I said earlier about that bird. Nobody here is doing anything that they don't want to do. You're not a burden, even when you need help reminding yourself that you are somebody that's worthy of pride and worthy of love, right? Because if I didn't want to remind you, if I didn't have the energy to remind you, if I didn't want to do that, then I don't have to, right? You're not forcing me to do that. I didn't sign a contract with you saying that I have to do that. You're you're not paying me to do it. I'm doing it because I want to. I want to remind you, you are worthy of love and worthy of pride. So if you ever need to ask for it, that's completely okay. Because sometimes I find it hard to recognize when people might need to hear that. So if you need to hear it out loud from me, just let me know. That's... I've never had anybody actually tell me that. Um, I've had people tell me that they're like, you know, proud of me before, but... Well, I think I sort of said this earlier, but usually when people would tell me, um, you can come talk to me, um, I never follow up on it because they just... I never trusted them enough to do that. But you're like the first person in my life that I actually feel like I can do that. So thank you. Um, and by the way, that goes in reverse. I know, like, I know you're like way older than me, and like, you, your shit is probably pretty heavy too. But um, I, um, I'm here for you too. I know you don't really like to talk about a whole lot of stuff. I feel like your thing is like reassuring other people, but you can come to me too. Even if I don't fully understand, like, where you're coming from, because, again, it's an experience I don't have. I I mean, I think maybe you're right. I am a good listener, and I, I will listen. I can't guarantee I'll have an answer for you, but um, just know it, it goes in reverse as well. And thank you. And then just like both hands, just like like a like a kid, just like wiping his eyes, just like okay. God. Oh. But seriously, you you can talk to me. You don't have to talk to me right now, obviously, because we gotta. We should probably be watching. Um, but yeah. Um, you can you can come talk to me too. Um. And if you need a reminder of, like... Actually, no, you probably don't. But if you do, then, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Can I hug you? I feel like I need a hug right now. Sure, yeah, of course. Finn just, like... Like, like runs over and just, like, hugs friends, and it's just, like... Starts crying again, I think. Just of, like, the... You, you thought you were done, and then, like, you get, like, a really good hug for someone, and then it's just like, <laughs> Just continues crying. Fully, fully gets friends at shoulder wet. Um, and then, like, finally sort of gets a hold of himself, and then and clears his vision. It's just like, okay, good, good talk. God, that was a lot. Um, 
thinks. Oh God, I've, I've never done that before. Is that is that normal? Is that how therapy happens? You just cry a lot. Is that normal? I know crying's normal, but like, is it normal to cry while talking about your parents? I don't think that you should be confining yourself by what other people's reality is. Even if it wasn't normal, the fact that you're doing it doesn't make it bad or unhealthy. But also, it's it's a normal way of expressing emotion. And I'm proud of you for having the vulnerability to be able to show that emotion. Well, I don't think I could do it around anybody else, but... You know, you've got, you've got a really good vibe to you, so... Yeah. Thanks, kiddo. Well, thank you for listening. Um... I get the feeling I may be doing this a lot in the near future. Um... Just, just be prepared for that. I know you're okay with it, I'm just, I'm just warning you. Um... The, we've only packed, unpacked, like, a single lunch of the canoe that is my story. So, <laughs> um, well, no, I feel like we've got halfway through, but uh, yeah, it's a, yeah. Thanks for helping me shoulder the canoe. All right. And I think that'll end our conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think at this point Finn realizes that uh can I do like a well not a perception check but can I like I think I forgot their name uh Taylor's been gone for a bit um do I see them at all Yeah it looks like they're them. over um they're over with uh Pocket who's the goblin from earlier Helping okay. them, like, sort stuff, because apparently a bunch of people's bags got mixed up, so a bunch of stuff's, like, isn't where it's supposed to be, and it's, like, all confusing over there. So, like, they're over there helping get the bags and, like, food all organized and passed out. Okay, I was I was so worried I was gonna be like, where, where's Taylor? <laughs> that whole time we're having this, like, really deep conversation and, like, like unpacking a lot of really important shit for Finn. <laughs> um, and then we just look over and Taylor's fucking gone. Okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> um, then I'll I'll awkwardly kind of go back to. I think yeah, Finn again looks a little um, embarrassed at having been vulnerable, um, but sort of feels less embarrassed uh, pretty quickly because friends, friends is fine with it. So there's a there's a moment of like his face gets a little darker, blushes, and he it it goes away actually pretty quickly. But he sort of leans back. He's just like. Okay, yeah, back to the 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 watching thing that we're supposed to do. Yeah, so you guys both rolled good. Um, so there are no like signs of danger, uh, like around camp. Uh, like you, there's no like you're not worried about your safety or anything right now. Like there's there's not even like um, it's actually pretty quiet other than the people talking behind you. The only thing that you do notice is like. Um, kind of funny conversations having be happening behind you, so behind you you can hear um, River, the, the light blue tiefling, that's like Basil's newfound friend, um, 
he's like feeding both Theodore and Snickerdoodle um, snacks from like mm. one of their ration bags. <laughs> um, and like Blizzard, who was like the co-leader of the group, like is like half scolding, half like 